0: Welcome to episode 139 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we're back. It's nice to see you again. I know. It's been a while. I think this is the longest we've ever gone between recording episodes. It's almost been a month. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, for those of you who pay attention, which is the listeners, (laughs) the only people that know that this exists. Yeah, because we did a, a, you know, Double recording for a bonus episode right of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah, and then I my schedule was insane last week, and I wasn't able to record. And, and so, I was yeah. out of town, and, and you were out of, the, out of town, yeah. <laughs> so that's
1: true. Why am I taking all the blame for Be, this? Because I tried to compromise. <laughs> I said, "Hey, can you leave your work and go record like right, I can?"
0: Exactly. What you can't? What you're tethered to a desk? You can't leave. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's, how it's how selfish of you. Oh, I'm very. I know. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm well established as an incredibly selfish person. So exactly, but we're back. We're back. We have so much to talk oh, about. Oh my God. I know there's so, so much news has happened. Let's, let's do, let's hit some of like the, the smaller topics first. Cause okay. then we're going to have a lot to talk about in terms of just trailer releases. Cause everyone loves hearing about people talking about trailers. Yeah. I mean, we could so. just react to them. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> do live reactions. Yeah. Okay. But let's put in headphones from my laptop so So, so they can't hear hear what we're listening to and we're not gonna describe it they have to guess just from the (laughs) just from the reaction yeah they're like oh clearly they're watching the no time to die trailer because chris is weeping with joy yeah it's the dead giveaway (laughs) and then when you're weeping for joy it'll be for the mulan trailer no and i'm judging for joy oh oh the the dirt's out already (laughs) oh now i'm excited to get into it uh okay let's do some boring shit first I mean, boring. This is still kind of interesting, but. Um, the It's better not to be the Power Rangers news. You're calling boring. No, no. We'll, we'll get to the Power Rangers <laughs> news. But no, uh, the the Flash, the long, gestating Flash movie finally got a release date. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. I don't believe you. July 1st, 2020. There, I absolutely do not believe that. There is something beautiful about a movie about the fastest man alive taking the <laughs> longest time ever to get into theaters. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still going to be uh, Ezra Miller. To, Great. To no one's joy or I wonder interest. if he's gotten a haircut yet. <laughs> no, he refuses. Yeah. He's only gotten longer hair. Yeah. He's refused to cut his hair up to this point. Uh, he's got to have that beautiful wind flap going on behind mm-hmm. him. Uh, it's now going to be Andy Muschietti directing off of It chapters one and two. Fine. Um, who, who the fuck cares? Yeah. There's <laughs> no way. When,
1: have, when did they start filming? They haven't. There's no way that's coming in July. 2022. I thought you said 2020. Okay, that makes so much more sense. No, 2022. I'm like, in six months, they want a full feature film? Racing into theaters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be like a 12-minute film. So even, even factoring in the, the ridiculous amount of time for this movie to get made, it's still a long ways out. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah, don't worry. Like that, the death of the universe, the Flash movie is inevitable. Yeah, in two years there's so much time for new directors to come in. Yeah. There's so much opportunity, but it's also kind of crazy because you definitely get the sense that maybe the, the DC films are in a bit of a shakeup right now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really surprised they're still sticking with the justly version of that character. I mean, obviously they're still sticking with Jason Momoa. They're still sticking with, um, with Wonder Woman. So it kind of makes sense. Um, we still don't know what's happening with Superman and Henry Cavill. So I don't know. It's just what a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's still the hovering Snyder cut as this
0: dark oh, cloud yeah. over Hollywood. We're yeah, I mean, we we talked about it once, two weeks ago, I guess three weeks ago. Now in the news, we're not even going to cover it again because it's still being talked about. I don't care. I just look. Like, we said it then. If it ever gets released, I'll watch it mm-hmm. out of curiosity. But I'm I don't care. I don't need to see it. Yeah. So uh, that got a release date. Uh, Shazam two got a release date april 1st of 2022 all right so i guess april worked well for them last time which is kind of crazy to think about i forgot that movie came out in april considering that it's more or less a christmas movie Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. completely forgot it came out that time of year well yeah most most christmas movies not most i feel like a lot of the
1: big christmas movies don't or holiday movies don't come out at the right time hocus pocus came out in july what yeah, isn't that crazy? July tw- uh, nineteen ninety three. But that movie didn't do well at the box office. No, it did horrible.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cult classic.
1: Yeah. we am um, trying to think of like other Christmas. I think Nightmare also didn't come out in in like Halloween or Christmas. I feel like that was like August.
0: What uh, what's up with Disney? I don't know. They're getting all
1: the release dates wrong. It's Eisner. Blame <laughs> Eisner. There was something I don't think I have mentioned this when we talked about Imagineering. There was something so therapeutic for me in the in episode three. Uh, when you see a uh, a person at the Paris rally throwing an egg at Eisner oh, as really? he's giving his speech, it, oh. it just like
0: something inside me just like had a nice sigh of relief. It's like, oh, Was that just yeah. an angry French person mad that like a, a massive American conglomerate had taken over land in France to build an amusement park? Yeah.
1: Oh, people were outraged. Interesting. People tried to boycott Di- uh, Disney Euro Disney at the time. Uh, for months, and they would do anything to stop construction. Yeah, like it was, uh, it was a huge clusterfuck.
0: That makes sense, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that movie, what, or That sorry, that park wasn't in the green <sighs> until like four years ago. Right. It,
0: it still seems odd to have a Disneyland in France. Mm-hmm. Those culture clashes just don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. We we we're still gonna go at some point. Oh, uh, absolutely! It's it's the most beautiful park in the world.
1: Is it? That, that's like, for what each park is known for, that is what it's known for. What? You have Disneyland is, is the original, is the right. classic park. Okay. Disney World is the biggest park. Okay. Uh, Disney Paris is the most beautiful park. All right. Uh, Hong Kong is the forgotten park.
0: It's very
1: noble of them. Have, uh, Shanghai is the tallest park because they have the biggest things. Mm-hmm. And then Japan is the best park. By whose definition? Mine.
0: <laughs> you didn't even go to all of it. I didn't, but the part that I went to, I can <laughs> clearly say is the best. Also, most of those are really shit superlatives. Welcome to
1: the tallest park. Well, I, I mean, there's no word for Shanghai yet. That's just the most recent episode of Imagineering talked about uh, like how the the Shanghai culture is so fascinated with just making things as big as possible. Yeah, since they have what three of the top ten tallest towers in the world, I
0: think so. Um, also, great consonants in that statement there. Thank you. The top ten tallest towers. Hmm. Mm. God, it sounds so good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So they like
1: a big focus when they were building the Shanghai Park was just make it as big and outlandish as possible. That their their pirates ride is actually like the best. The, the best version of pirates. I've heard that, yeah. Mhm. Uh they showed a little bit of it in the in the episode and it it looks unbelievable. Okay. It's a trackless ride. So there's like your boat just kind of floats around for a bit. Oh. Uh it's all done with magnets. That's amazing.
0: It, I guess it's still trackless even if it's magnets. hmm But it's on a guided path.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Still on a guided path. You go underwater at one point where like your your boat sinks. Yeah. And so you see um like under the you know it's 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 beautiful all right well again we'll have to go um but we don't have time for this we have so, no, much so, more news so, to cover. so
0: much more news to cover but we have to have at least one five minute discussion about a disney park yes per episode um but what's interesting with the shazam release date is that it's four months after black adam which is coming out in december of 2021 so that means they're going to be filming more or less concurrently which of course is fueling speculation there might be some sort of part one part two Part one, part two, or, or some sort of crossover potential. I mean, if they're that close, potential. I'm
1: totally fine with the part one, part two.
0: Yeah. And especially if it's Black Adam, the film is setting up that character. Mm-hmm. And if if it's both, and this is pure speculation, I have nothing to go off on this, but say if that movie is sort of like um like a story about a fall from grace sort of situation, like uh he's corrupted by the end of it. And then that segues into Shazam 2 where he's the villain and then it's maybe to some degree or a redemptive arc for him or just him being the villain, mm-hmm. then I think that could be really, really interesting. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah, there's no way they're going to not make The Rock
1: the most charming person there is. I don't know, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they they handle that. Because I see him being like, the way I imagine the Black Adam story going is he's the cocky hotshot per usual. He's got the smolder, he's got the smile. And then there's some turning point where the gods don't trust him anymore. They, you know, there's something that happens where he loses his confidence. Yeah. Um or the trust of the people. And that's when he starts to go down this dark path. And so you want to see him get redeemed, but then he just becomes he, he just keeps spiraling into the villain we know. He becomes the very thing he once sought to yeah. destroy. And so he's still, Citizen Kane. Yeah, so he still thinks he's Darth in Vader. the right, which would make such an interesting fight for Shazam, who we know is always in the right.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense.
1: I guess my... Or they're going to ruin it a la Joker style. And just make
0: it super serious? Just make it super serious and him just always bad. This, this is... I don't think they'll do that. Like, my my one concern about this is the persona The Rock allows on screen, right? Like, I think at this point, we get... We don't get a lot of meta rock, like we get it mostly in the Jumanji movies. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, most of the characters he plays now are like really self serious and kind of not in on the joke. <clears throat> uh, I mean Central
1: Intel. Um, he it's it's kind of the the character that um we joke what's his face has taken over. Um, oh, John, John Cena. Cena. Yeah, where well, he's like. He's the the like very childish one
0: doesn't realize how strong he is, yeah, but that's kind of my point is that now he's venturing into this like more serious space, and so i don't I don't see this being especially given it's d c was the that, last serious movie he was in I mean, not that he's in Baywatch, ser- obviously serious movies, but you check questions Baywatch. I would even look at um just like I think he's more in on the joke for the fast and the Furious movies than say Vin Diesel who's defi- yeah. definitely not in on the joke. But like I think that him being in on the joke has diminished a little bit with each kind of subsequent Fast and the Furious film, and then you know all of like the the action movies he does now, like the what was the the skyscraper one he did, like mm-hmm. the Towering Inferno ripoff, like he plays really serious versions of himself. So I'm just a little bit worried the Black Adam movie. It he seems to be very particular about what how he's portrayed on screen, and so I don't see this being a movie that will do anything interesting with his persona. I think it's just going to lean into. A version that's like not that interesting and it doesn't black adam as a character doesn't have the same sort of like nod and weak characterization that say shazam does that allows for that sort of like meta fun commentary yeah so i'm kind of worried it's just going to be him just like big and angry and serious for two hours yeah which is dc that's all they do anymore is Yay. big, serious and angry mm-hmm. i mean i mean maybe not entirely given some of the other trailers we've got recently um, okay, but then, uh, one little small thing is that Peter Sarsgaard has been cast in the Batman, so he's, I just can't remember if he's one of the Sarsgaard Sarsgars or if he's a different Sarsgaard. No, he,
1: he's, he's one of them.
0: Okay, because it's like, I forget sometimes, because like, for example, um. Because there's one that's not. Yeah. And I don't think it's Peter. Well, it's kind of like the Baldwins, like Adam yeah. Baldwin is not a Baldwin. I know. So I thought, I thought. He's Pe- better than them. But I thought Peter was the non-Sarsgaard Sarsgaard, well, because there's right. Stellan's the dad. Yep. And then there's Bill Sarsgaard. hmm Oh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, Bill Sarsgaard and then Alexander Sarsgard are the kids. Is,
1: isn't there like a Stefan Sarsgaard?
0: Well, there's um, Stellan, who's the dad, which oh, you just yeah, I just said. And he's in uh, Thor. And I mean, he's in everything. I love Stellan Sarsgaard. But I'm pretty sure I was really pretty. I was pretty sure that. P- a brief guide to the Sarsgaard family. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, it's not Buzz that speed. brief. It's, it's huge. Wait. So who's we uh, we know we know Papa Sarsgaard?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so we have Alexander, Gustav, Sam, Bill, Aja, and Walter.
0: Okay. No Peter.
1: No Peter. All right. Okay, so I Peter
0: Sarsgaard is the non-Sarsgaard Sarsgaard. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, Official Sarsgaard hotness rating, six scars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hang on. I mean, uh, I don't know most of them, but number one, Alexander. Yeah. Um, yeah he had he he the six scars. It is to
1: Bill. Oh, I don't agree with this. They gave uh, Gustav Skarsgård 10, Scar- 10 scars out of 10. Ooh, hang on. Let me... looks like that. He's pretty handsome. Yeah, but not... I mean, out, not, not
0: that handsome. Wait, he was listed above Alexander? Yeah. What? No. Yeah, exactly. There is no more handsome Skarsgård than Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know who is making this list, but they have a very specific type. And it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> I bet it's written by someone who thinks that Liam Hemsworth is the hottest Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. Oh, yeah, because they definitely have a crazy, thing for, fools. like, the smaller type. Because they gave uh, Bill Skarsgard seven scars out of, out of 10, which is one more, one more scar than Alexander. No, I'm sorry.
0: No. No. Look, if someone were to tell me that Stellan Skarsgard is the best Skarsgard, I would be open to hearing that conversation because I do love him. And he's got his own, like, you know, handsomeness thing for for an older gentleman. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm sorry. It's Alexander, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. God, I refuse. Uh, Well, anyways...
1: Now that we got that out of our system. Yeah, Peter
0: Sarsgaard, the non-Sarsgaard Sarsgaard, has been cast in The Batman. We don't know who yet. Fan speculation, or just general speculation, is that he might be uh, Harvey Dent, which I had read at one point a rumor that Matthew McConaughey might be in the running for that, but I never saw that manifest in any sort of way, so I don't know if that's actually true or not. But... It'd be interesting to see if we end up getting a Harvey Dent cast because if we do get one, that almost like clinches the idea that this is basically just a long Halloween movie, which I will reiterate, I am here for. Well, we we had a brief conversation last night about
1: it. I think Oscar Isaac would make such a
0: good, he, uh, such a great Harvey Dent. He would. He absolutely would. Mm-hmm. God damn it, he's so handsome. He is. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that face getting hurt? Uh break my <sighs> heart. I mean, it would. But he would still be so handsome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They would do it in the same way they had the the big, horrible scar from Ready Player One.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hideous. I'm
1: hideous.
0: Don't look at me. Honestly, I can't even tell. <laughs> yeah. What, what if it's just kind of like uh, Calendar Girl from yeah, the new Batman like Avengers, c- where she thinks she's hideous, like, Oscar Isaac is Harvey Dent, like, he gets, like... A little, little, like a slight burn on like his left side of his cheek. And yeah, all it just looks he's, like he's blushing. I'm ruined. Yeah. <laughs> no one will think I'm pretty anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he's so pretty. He must be a great Clayface. Oh, he would. Let's be honest. He'd be great at everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think what he would name, be name great a cha- at. Name a Batman character that he could not play. He could be Batman. He could be Harvey Dent. Yep, yep. He could be Clayface. He could be Catwoman. He could be um, Gordon. He could absolutely be Gordon. Mm-hmm. He would be a great Dick Grayson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'd be a great older Damian Wayne. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could do Condiment King. I. He's not tall enough. I disagree, sir. <laughs> that man is flawless. He's too versatile. <laughs> and he does have a really good sense of humor. He could absolutely nail the tone of Condiment King. Yeah, but I think <laughs> he's just, he's too good looking for Condiment King. But that would become a whole other level <laughs> of the joke. It's like, Sir, you're, you're far too attractive to be this crazy wearing this ridiculous outfit. Yeah. Plus, he'd be one of those people, like, one of those really, really attractive people that dresses really shitty because they can get away with it because they're still really, really attractive. Yeah. Or, like, the super hot guys with, like, ugly man buns, really terrible facial hair, or, like, really horrible dated glasses or so something you, like are that. Are you
1: just describing Andrew Garfield?
0: Yeah. Yeah pretty much it's like you're so handsome you can get away with like n- having non you could just like roll out of a garbage heap and still be so handsome that it doesn't matter yeah some of us have to put in a lot of fucking work okay yeah, constantly <laughs> it's still far so far short but about your hair looking very good today
1: cam thank you it's
0: looking really really solid mm-hmm. on point
1: thank you Great. I, I was gonna wear my santa hat
0: but i'm like no i'm having a good hair day right now you're having a great hair day yeah don't put that bad boy away Um, Okay, the last little bit of non-trailer news. Oh my God, we haven't even gotten to the trailers yet. (laughs) Holy shit, Chris, we got to speed this up. I just saw this. There's so much Sarsgaard conversation. I know. God forbid a Sarsgaard goes to Disneyland. We'll never talk about anything else. Welcome back to the Scar scandal. (laughs) But anyways, the last little bit of news. Just saw this this morning is that there's rumor now, or I don't know if it's rumor or just like low-level industry scuttlebutt, that... Paramount and Hasbro, because Hasbro now owns Power Rangers, are working on a, another reboot of the Power Rangers. And the the rumored plot again, don't know where this is coming from, is that uh the cast of the Rangers will get transported back to the 90s. And okay. then maybe while they're there, that's when they get like their suits and powers and everything like that. Um sure
1: i honestly i mean i i really liked the cast that i we did had. too it's
0: a great it's like not a great movie but it's a great cast yeah and there's potential just like follow on from that like shift the tone a little bit make it a little less gritty maybe do a slight redesign of the uniforms which is very easy to do given that like they magically appear out of nowhere on them anyways mm-hmm. and you know make it like a little more playful make tommy a girl throw that element in there i think there's something great to be done there like it is a shame i think they're throwing away like some good potential, but also that movie did not make any money. So I I know. And I even saw it twice. I think I did too, (laughs) actually. I'm pretty sure I saw it twice. Um, But like, I mean, is this not now how everything goes, right? It's a long dead property. They do a complete reboot that doesn't work. And then they follow it up with a second reboot that it's either continuation of the old franchise or like harkens back closer to it. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Like, that's happening um, with Ghostbusters, which we'll get to shortly in terms mm-hmm. of the trailer. There's rumors about that happening with um, Robocop. Like, there's been talks. There was, at one point, there was, no, there, there is, there is a Robocop movie coming down the pipeline from, it was going to be Neil Blomkamp, and then he's been replaced by a different director whose name like, I cannot recall. But, like, that's going to be, like, a Robocop return sort of thing. Like, okay, we're going to set it. In the same continuity as like the original Robocop movie, and mm-hmm. throw out whatever sequels we don't want.
1: Can can we use this as a as a, a slight platform for me to talk about Sonic for a second? Sure. So did did you see the the remade trailer? Yeah. Okay. It looks fine. It looks great. Do you also know that the studio had to shut down because they overworked all their employees so much?
0: I. I did read about a yeah a Vancouver-based is it Vancouver Toronto-based mm-hmm. VFX company that specializes in hair yeah it's like hair like flowing hair fur that sort of thing and that they so it, that down. was the
1: original studio that that did the first trailer okay then there was the horrible fan backlash and they fucking burned these animators into the ground to rework the entire film yeah. in what, the past five months mm-hmm. um, and then to respond the studio fired everyone Jesus. and then claimed bankruptcy and shut down, which like it's, it's on one hand, it's, it's nice to see a studio listen to the fans. Yeah. But on the other hand, we can't reward this kind of behavior of studios to just grind, grind their workers.
0: Right. Only well, to, because the film studio didn't fire everyone and shut down the, the VFX company did, right? Yeah. The VFX, I mean, everyone just, they, like no one could work anymore. Yeah. They they everyone just left. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that's really shitty is that now that studio has gotten shut down. All those people are fired. Like the the article like is an article or like a like a, a long post that I read about it mm-hmm. was also commenting the fact that you know a lot of the people that were working there weren't from Canada, so now they have to like completely uproot their family and move somewhere else because the job they had there shut down. There's mm-hmm. only so many VFX houses to go to. In terms of employees, some of them get absorbed by the actual film studio itself, but yeah, yeah, you know, most of them don't have jobs anymore. And it's just like someone made a really stupid call a year ago in terms of how they designed that thing. Mm-hmm. No, probably three years ago. Yeah, that's true. Like, actually. Animation yeah. takes so animation long. Animation takes so long. Yeah, so some someone made a really terrible call in terms of the studio, put out this trailer, then decided they had to fix it because they didn't want to like make their money. So then that cost this really important VFX studio actually. Cause like that's their whole thing is they specialize in like every like Lion King, everything. Like anytime you see animated fur, they were the ones that did it. Yeah. They're now shut down. Also that this film studio can probably lose less money on this Sonic movie. Mm hmm. Oh, it's, it's like, it's so upsetting.
1: Cause it's something that happens in the video game industry constantly. Oh yeah. Is the idea of like the grind and the burnout. Um, Where like we we are past the boom of studios now. Where now like it's kind of just the big players are left.
0: Yeah, it's it's sad, but I don't know how to fix it. No, no, I don't. Yeah, and how do you fix it, Chris? If I knew, we wouldn't be talking. (laughs) Give me the answer. Um, but I mean, speaking of huge studios, should we talk some trailers? Let's talk some trailers. (laughs) um Oh, I kind of mm, let's go to the pleasant side of this. Let's let's do. I think you and I both care the least about Ghostbusters. Should we do that real quick? Uh,
1: yeah. What we talk about uh Paul Rudd and Stranger Things. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is basically just Stranger Things with it Ghostbusters. is. That's all we're gonna. Get. I think for the next six years, that's all we're gonna get. It's just yeah. Oh, it's just Stranger Things with X. Yeah, with some existing property. Look, yeah. it was Stranger Things with a a different monster. this yeah. is Stranger Things with ghosts and Paul Rudd.
0: It. He looks fine. Paul Rudd looks great. Yeah, I mean, he always looks great. Like, Do you
1: think the twist is he's a ghost and that's why he hasn't aged?
0: <gasps> I'm so on board for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, that fits, too, because no one's afraid of a Paul Rudd ghost. Exactly. Quite, he's so op- charming. Quite the opposite. That's going to be the thing, because, like, the kids are
1: going to be so afraid of the ghost, and then the, the twist at the end is like, oh, no, I've been a ghost this whole time. You're like,
0: oh. It's well. like, but
1: you're so nice and charming. He's like, yes, yeah, so we're all the ghosts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a PSA.
1: Yeah. But if that happens, they also need Taika in there. Oh yeah, because he has to be like, "I'm a ghost, mate."
0: <laughs> you just want an excuse to do it. <laughs> that, that was a horrible tiger. <laughs> it was, it was. But points for trying. Yeah. No, I mean, this looks fine. Like, yeah. it, looks, it looks entertaining. Um, you know, clearly their grandfather is going to be one of the former Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray, you guess?
1: I was, I was going to ask.
0: Yeah, it's probably Bill Murray. Yeah. Well, because I don't think anyone else wants to do it anymore. So the the we've obviously uh, lost Harold Ramis. He's he sadly passed since since then. So it could be him. Cause he's the only one that wouldn't still be around. I, I could maybe,
1: maybe see Dan, Dan Aykroyd coming back. Yeah. But I mean, Bill's going to be in it somewhere. Yeah. He'll be in it somewhere. Yeah. He's, he's not doing anything else right now. Yeah.
0: Like. Also. And like, it's worth commenting. I don't think either of us really liked the, the Paul Feig movie. No, I've said this before that. I'm actually not the biggest Paul Feig fan in general. That movie, like, it it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great either. It was either. just boring. It was just kind of boring. But there was enough stuff there that I, like, kind of like with Power Rangers. Like, I would have watched a second one. Like, I would have gone in a little bit skeptical. But, like, sometimes low expectations is nice, actually. Mm-hmm. I you know, like, That is still a, a charming cast. And there was enough pieces in there that were really good. Mostly Kate Chris McKinnon Hemsworth. and Chris Hemsworth. Yep. But, like, I, I would have revisited it a little bit. I think if you just it needed, like, a little bit more... A little bit more polished. I think they needed to make Kristen Wig and Melissa McCarthy feel like different characters. They needed to, like, lean into that a little bit more. But I, I would have watched some more of it. So I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that we're not going to get more of it. But now, hang on. Do you think that at a certain point, if this new version does well... They're going to meet? They're going to do a follow-up where it's like universe crossing.
1: Oh, multiverse? Yeah. It's
0: so hot right now. It, multiverses is, are super hot right now. Yeah. we get more. Actually, we won't get to that this week.
1: I mean, I, I can just give my blank statement out. Crisis is horrible
0: yeah I haven't watched any of it yet it's, so. it's bad don't don't waste your time we'll We'll, we'll do it once all of them have come out. we'll we'll yeah. talk about that. Properly. I thought
1: Titans had been bad up until now, and then I remembered going back to CW shows and I'm like, oh,
0: it's worse riding with less budget yeah. okay when we we actually got a a question from Benjamin David on uh a uh, uh, Batman above and Beyond mm mm-hmm. We're going to address his question once crisis is over, because it's just kind of about the DC TV stuff in general. Okay. We're going to have a long conversation about that down the way. Great. Just just to warn you, Cameron. (laughs) Great. I am... Get prepared. I got my guns loaded. (laughs) As the only man who's actually watching a lot of it still, you're prepared for this. This
1: is my first time going back. You watched
0: Titans. You watched all of seasons. I I
1: just finished Titans last night. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. We'll we'll get to it.
1: I don't know if I can do it anymore. We'll get
0: to it. Uh okay, Ghostbusters, whatever it looks fine. We'll end up yeah. seeing it. Um, now let's do Black Widow. What'd you think? Oh, I forgot about Black Widow. Did you watch the Black Widow trailer? I did. Yeah. Well, so they showed footage and that
1: trailer at D23, okay. uh, and I think also at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And then what they just had a new Comic Con come out. Oh, it it's, in, like, it's like Brazil Comic Con. It's like yeah. CCX. And that's yeah, and where was, they premiered the Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah. Yeah, they had that. They, that's where they premiered Free Guy. Yeah. Um, also, looks fun. Yeah. There was that... I don't know if you saw the video of Ryan Reynolds almost getting like trampled on. No, I did not. Uh, the fans were freaking out in front of the... Because he was like walking up the stairs and they had the, the barrier set up. Yeah. And the fans just shoved the barrier over. Oh, damn. And it almost like snapped on Ryan Reynolds. He's
0: an international treasure. Yeah. Don't take him from us. <clears throat>
1: Uh yeah, he's okay. Okay, good. Uh maybe a little traumatized.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Um uh, no, Black Widow looks good. Uh I, I like uh
0: what Dan Harbour, is that his name? David, David Harbour. David Harbour, yeah. I like him a lot. He's good. He's I'm super excited for him in it. Um it you know, it's funny because about ninety percent of that trailer doesn't even feel like a Marvel movie. Yeah. It really just looks like a a spy thriller. And the only mm-hmm. time it felt Marvel esque was that one shot of her like free falling through the air with like debris all around her and all that stuff going off. Like this feels like this sort of like kind of crazy big budget stuff that it was a little over the top occasionally. Do you
1: think this is how they're going to walk black widow out of the DCAU? Sorry, the MCU. MCU. What do you mean? Uh, do you, so she has a sister we see in the trailer who is the exact same character. Yes. But blonde. Yes. And a little younger. Yes. Uh, is this going to be the switcheroo? Of we need to keep a Black Widow-esque character. Probably. But we don't want to pay Scar Jo
0: anymore. Yeah. Well, let's also give her credit that maybe she's ready to kind of like move Yeah, on that too. To, yeah. to new things. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's what everyone is assuming is going to happen right now is that we're going to get new versions of people introduced. We, we, we've already gotten some confirmation that obviously we're getting the new version of Thor with Natalie Portman, which we we're mm-hmm. both very excited for. Um, if the Hawkeye show actually ends up happening, it's going to be Kate Bishop. And you know, we assume that she's going to kind of take over the the mantle in some degree. Mm-hmm. I would, I think they might wait a while before they do say like a, like an iron heart, which I could totally see them doing the Riri Williams character. Yeah. But I think right now, Spider-Man is going to kind of fill that role and t- they still have him to some degree, given the the turnaround that happened there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally possible they're going to introduce this this new version, and then I think they are introducing her, and then they're going to see what happens with it and whether they set her up to be part of this the bigger universe. larger team. Which Kevin Feige said, of course, they're already like well underway in figuring out what their next team up movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it could be like I'm. It's weird because like I'm not crazy excited for this movie. Obviously, we're, I'm going to see it, and I'll probably get more excited as we get closer. But I'm okay if they really decide, like, from this point on, we're going to, like, maybe shrink things down a little bit and just lean harder into genre. Yeah.
1: But what about the big portals in the sky?
0: I'm, d- I'm done. I don't need big portals in the sky the, anymore. When is
1: the last time we saw a portal? I feel like I haven't seen one in a while. I, I think mean, Hollywood finally realized it's a dead trope. It's a dead thing. I mean, I
0: feel like Suicide Squad was one of the last big ones to do it, right?
1: Yeah, that would have been 2016. Was
0: there a big portal in the sky at Justice League? Yes. Than that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Well, there's another thing we could add to the list of uh, t- <laughs> things killed by Justice League, mm-hmm. portal trope.
1: Uh, um, oh, and so the the fight scene. So you see the beginning of the fight scene, uh, in the trailer. They showed that at D23. Oh, okay. It's great. It it feels very Kill Bill. Okay. Um, Kill Bill. Yeah. That the the fight between um her and the crazy eighty eight. No, 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 no. When she's fighting in the house, the very beginning.
0: Oh, when she's fighting Vivica A. Fox's character. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, yeah, the it... fight between the sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fight oh, feels okay. very uh, like similar to that, where they're like using props around the kitchen. Okay, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it, it is pretty you know, fun.
0: I'm, I mean, I think it's gonna be good. Like, it looks kind of in the same vein as like a John Wick sort of movie or a James mm-hmm. Bond or like an Atomic Blonde. I was gonna bring, yeah, Atomic Blonde look... is I'm, I'm, so good. It is so good. So I'm here for it. I think it looks good. Mm-hmm um do, 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 do wonder woman
1: I, I knew you were gonna save the other one for last yeah uh i like no it. i'm
0: gonna save mulan for last actually okay
1: that's fine yeah. um yeah wonder woman looks great I, yeah. I don't know what to add that hasn't already been said everywhere on the internet
0: yeah i mean it looks really fun mm-hmm. which i think we needed um i like her costume yeah, it's a little more. It's a little bit brighter, a little more yeah. colorful. I think. I think the big question
1: that everyone's trying to answer is how is Steve, Steve Trevor back?
0: Yeah, and the the trailer implies that it has something to do with Maxwell Lord, that maybe he is um, kind of uh, granting wishes or like making people's fantasies come true, right? Because we kind of get this very Selena Kyle esque transformation from Cheetah. Yeah, as well. My my thoughts, if I if I want to throw my hat into the
1: speculation. Which is,
0: what else are we here for?
1: Yeah. Is, um, it's going to be similar to Justice League Doom, Mm, where it's, uh, I think she, I think Wonder Woman was injected with something to make her think she sees. Oh, interesting. Trevor.
0: I think he's actually there. I think it's... I think it's actually him. I don't know, because the problem is, is then they have to, what, kill him again?
1: Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, like, it'd be so much more tragic for her to have this and and almost Spider-Man two style have this relief of like this burden that's been keeping me up is saving the world because of you. Now you're back. Why do I need to still do this? Yeah.
0: You know, hang up, hang up the whip. Yeah. I also, I could totally see them just forgetting about Jess's leg and he's like, Oh, he's back. Yeah. Cause the, the problem is, is that we've already had his tragic departure once. So, to do it again, you're just retreading something that's already come before. Mm-hmm. Like, even um, the MCU is pretty smart about how they dealt with the, the Steve Peggy thing. About, like, you know, she was back in Winter Soldier, but obviously was much, much older. And, you know, they had their relationship was just... In a totally different manner. And even when they finally did it back together, like it was for a finality to it. It wasn't like, oh, she's back and then gone again. Yeah. So I'd be worried about them doing something like that. But I mean, look, it looks super fun. Um, love that cast. Always good to have some Pedro Pascal in there. Chris Pine, charming as ever. As always. Yeah. Very excited to see what they do with uh, Kristen Wiig and Cheetah. Me too. I think she's going to be great. Because they put out that, that character poster of her in like cheetah print clothing. But you feel like that they're, at some point she's going to do the full on transformation. She right? has to. I mean, they've perfected it with cats. So they, have. they absolutely have.
1: Oh man. What
0: if, what if they did this Is it the crossover? No, I was what if they actually did have a full-on, like cat cheetah version of cheetah in the movie, and then the cat thriller came out and they're like, we can't do this. Oh shit, we messed up. Yeah. And not because, like, not in the same way of sometimes movies will will change things because something is super good at it. It's like, um, there's been talk before about how in uh, x-men first class they had this this astral fight between uh white queen between emma frost and professor x mm-hmm. but they took it out because inception was so big oh i think it was inception like something like so yeah then, that, that would be yeah With yeah. 10 first so, class was 11 yeah exactly so what if that's the same case but the opposite side of things Where like that cat effects associated like we can't do this like this has become a joke we have to take it well out. that's
1: what happened to atlantis
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So for the story that people don't know, Katzenberg, America's asshole, uh, stole. How Do you really feel about it?
0: <laughs> that's how I Who always do you refer hate more? to. It. Oh, Katzenberg. Okay,
1: through and through. Uh, You're not going
0: to be a big Quibi adoptee when it comes out. A big what? Quibi.
1: What is Quibi?
0: What do you know about Quibi? I don't think so, so Quibi is the new platform from uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman. Oh. And so the idea is that it's, it's like short for quick bites. So it's all really short form. Oh, it's new TikTok? Yeah, kind of. It's like sh- targeted towards, it's, it's targeted at millennials who have no attention span. So it's all like 10 minute little, little segment things. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter.
1: Anyways. Um, no, Katzenberg, right as he was leaving Disney back in 1994, he had a meeting with John Lasseter uh, and basically asked him, hey, what's everyone working on? And got the lowdown of everything and went to Spielberg the next day, probably not literally, but very shortly after, started DreamWorks, and that's how we had the Ant's Bugs Life clone. Yeah. Started working on that immediately. Uh, We were supposed to get Atlantis before uh, Emperor's New Groove, Yeah, but Road to El Dorado came out, and that was the original idea for uh, Atlantis. It was supposed Mm -hmm. to be this like musical discovery. Yeah. So they completely scrapped that and started over. So you had Shark Tale, Finding Nemo come out, Parallel. Oh, that makes sense. Um, there, There's a, a couple more that I can't think of right now. Also, um, like, Disney definitely won all those battles anyways. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I I think I like Road to El Dorado more than Atlantis. Really? You love Atlantis? I
0: love Road to El Dorado. Oh, okay. I've never yeah. seen it. It's Elton John. Elton John does the soundtrack. Oh, our, oh, yeah. We talked about it. Our, 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 our still, <laughs> yeah. to this day, our most random episode of single artist soundtracks. Very yes. proud of that episode. Um, okay, let's, let's try and get to the last oh, guys here. Right. Um, okay, I will be brief. The No Time to Die trailer came out. I have not watched it yet. You, what the <laughs> fuck? Did you deliberately not watch yes. it? You son,
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch. I just wanted you to, I didn't want, I didn't want to cut you off in any way. I just wanted you to do you and I'm just going to be here drinking my water.
0: But the, now we can't have a, a tete-a-tete about it. There's no back and forth. Yeah, that's Okay. <laughs> Because the thing is, these like, are supposed to be dialogues, not monologues. Cameron,
1: <laughs> here's here's the thing of like when I go on my Disney passion, you are also already passionate about Disney, just not on the same level.
0: You son of a bitch. Whereas no, when it comes no, to on. James
1: Bond, you are on such a such a, a high platform that, and I I'm pretty nonchalant about It 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 it, it would be a disservice hang for on. me to even try.
0: <laughs> Who are you calling? I'm calling Shane. <laughs> It's going to be such bad audio. I don't care. <laughs> also, if this, he doesn't answer this bit. It just falls <laughs> flat entirely. <laughs> Hi, Shane. You're on the podcast. Oh, yes, I'm well. Can I help you, gentlemen? Uh, so I, um, Cameron didn't watch the No Time to Die trailer. And I was mad about that, so I needed to get someone else on air to uh, have a conversation with me about it, because he refused. So Shane, what did you think (laughs) about the No Time to Die trailer? Oh man, the hopes are are high. It looks so good. uh, I can't even express how many amazing different action sequences, how many
1: electric outfits, and uh, just the potential for different story elements to really just come in
0: and subvert my expectations fantastic uh what's your favorite outfit from the trailer uh i think it's gotta be the suspenders look when you're doing the uh like the shooting the eye kind of look thing. oh i know right i'm I'm here for the suspenders. i'm here for the blue knit sweater uh okay Great. follow-up question actually you know what i'm here for mm. the fa- uh rami malik wearing a phantom of the opera mask That's my yes favorite. yeah that does look pretty fantastic in it. yeah you would oh, know okay. that if you watched the fucking trailer <laughs> uh okay shane follow-up question uh favorite aston martin from the trailer Mm, DB5, solid, solid choice. How do you feel about the miniguns and the headlights? Uh, you know, I was like, this thing's a little ridiculous. Like, how did he end up in that situation? But then when he does the spin, it's all okay. It's all forgiven. Oh, so good, so good. All right, uh, and then favorite moment? Mm, uh, the pan, uh, what is it, Robbie Malice with the mask walking over the ice, and then James swimming up under it, and him, like, shooting the I'm like, ooh, I don't know what, how, how do we end up here. Right. God the, the mystery it's so tiddling. cannot wait. Uh, all right. What the, about you? Oh uh, my favorite moment is when he does that uh that like motorcycle leap off the staircase. Oh that is sick. Just, oh I mean, yeah with the cut, the shot like the helicopter shot it Yeah. The crowd... oh, looks so oh, good. Yeah. Oh, and it's it's they have a nice like modernized like twist on the score which I always really appreciate. So Oh man, wouldn't it be cool if had watched that trailer? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing? You no, know, he's playing Farmville on his phone? No, it's it's a Disney game. I should have guessed. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Shane, for your live commentary. Always appreciated. Of course, gentlemen. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. <laughs> thank you. Bye. <laughs> Are you satisfied? I'm very satisfied. Great, uh, do you want to talk Mulan?
1: <laughs> sure, we can talk Mulan for a minute. Okay. What don't you like about it? The, they, I, I don't like them, including Magic. I wanted this to be... Because Mulan, in my opinion is the movie you can do with, is the only Disney movie you can do with no magic attached. Okay. Um, and they didn't have, they didn't want to bring Mushu in. Okay. Which I understand. They wanted this to be more realistic. Yeah. But then, then in the trailer, you see a woman turn into a phoenix. Yeah.
0: And not uh, an owl, actually, or a h- falcon. It's a, no, it's a phoenix. No, uh, um, Kelly, who's character? She turns into a, like a falcon. Okay. I literally just rewatched it. This okay.
1: Morning. I haven't watched it since it came out. How dare you. Um, and there's that, there's that awesome shot where the villain who's not the normal villain um, like runs up the side of a wall, mm-hmm. which looks awesome, yeah. but at the same time, like I don't want magic. No, I get it. Other than that, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be interesting not having music attached.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting. I, I liked that um, they incorporated the, the song into um, the score. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, we'll see if they do
1: that in the movie. I'm sure Reflection will still be the through score of yeah. the film. Um I'm very curious if they're still gonna do a montage. Cause that is the best montage yes. in film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it made a man out of all of us, Cameron. It did. Yeah. Um But yeah, well I I'm not I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm not like jumping out of my seat for this movie. Okay. Though. Fair enough, fair enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm not super crazy excited about it, but, uh yeah, it might, it might be something. They, yeah. They've been doing pretty decently on these the more recent adaptations. I've liked them more than you have.
1: Yeah, I, I have not liked them
0: yeah. yet. All right, well, I still
1: have not watched Lady and the Tramp, and I've heard it's uh, very okay.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, it. I mean, the fact that they – it sounds mean to say this, but the, the fact they relegated it to, to Disney Plus is – says a lot. It says a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we finally get into our... Let's talk about our episodes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, first up is Winds of Change. Uh, so this sees a new bang baby going by the name Slipstream yep. show up in town to uh, to wreak havoc. But the, the real main thrust of the story, though, is about uh, friction between Virgil and and Richie because yes. like heartbreaking heartbreaking yeah it's it's just kind of a you know they don't they don't really get into the root cause of it which I think is actually kind of nice mm-hmm. you know we, we just know that there's some friction there so Virgil feels like Richie's kind of hanging around all the time and he wants to go live a normal life he wants to spend time with Daisy and Richie only wants to do training and be super obsessed with the static stuff and then you know maybe from like Richie's perspective it's a little bit of him feeling like kind of like just the lonely sidekick he doesn't have the power he's not like the cool guy or whatever they kind of allude to a lot of this without really getting into it which i i appreciate Mm -hmm. because i feel like this sort of stuff happens with friends oh yeah
1: i absolutely around when this episode came out back in middle school i had the same kind of kind of unnecessary squabble with with my best friend no cameron i have to ask you it's not
0: you i'm sorry well uh, i'm aware of that yes (laughs) we have all of our squabbles on air that's true (laughs) But no, I was going to ask you, did you um force a squabble because you watched this episode and wanted to? No, it was it? it was all
1: coincidental. Okay. Neither of us have superpowers that I can talk about on air. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. What do you, I was thinking about this the other day. What do you think is is the most superpower-esque trait humans have at the moment?
0: What? Like like what what is something that humans generally humans can do or like what, who is a person that exists in the real world that is closest to having like superhuman abilities? Yes. Two. Uh, Sorry. The second, the second one. I mean, or even just like, like a specific
1: trait that is very rare for people. So like my, my thought was uh, people that have like perfect pitch, they can okay. just hear a sound and immediately know the note and immediately can replicate it. Okay. I feel like that is a superpower in itself.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think that thing that's there. Um, I can't, there was the guy who recently broke like the the record for a marathon, right? Yeah. Did a marathon under two hours. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't and know. There's like the various people that have like their random thing or there cause, uh, there was the show Stanley superpowers. Yeah. Uh, back, you know, 10 years ago now, there was like that guy that ran a marathon in, like, in ice, in his right. underwear. Uh, like, he doesn't feel cold or whatever.
0: I feel like you basically just posed a chive compilation as a question. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you wouldn't believe these crazy cool things that people can do. Yeah. Like, this guy can do, like, a, a 900 on a skateboard. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of people can do that now. Okay. I mean, I know Tony Hawk was like, the first one, they could do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. then everyone could in the video game.
1: Exactly. And then
0: people aspire to live that real life. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. um, I, I, Actually, that Perfect Pitch one's a pretty good, pretty good one because I feel well, cause like... Well, because that's
1: something you don't, like, train for. You just have. You, Yeah, you're just kind of born with it.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of like Elton John, at least according to Rocketman. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good answer.
1: Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point to that. I was just, okay, I was, no. I, I, I've been thinking about that for like the past week and I'm like, I need a place to just talk. Well, oh, and you were worried second. you hadn't
0: padded out the podcast enough. So Exactly. <laughs> Let's throw in some more. But no, like I, I think the, one of the things that I like about what Static does is it really does focus on the character dynamics more so than like the villain plots. Mm-hmm. Like There is no villain plot. Like they just introduce slipstream. In the most weird way possible, also. Yeah, with, the like, the most forced joke. Like, I forgot to look this up, but I think he's supposed to be modeled on Fat Albert, right? I could see that. I'm pretty sure he is. So it's just, like, he shows up in... Uh what is it? The, the burger fool. Burger fool, yeah. Like stealing his friend's food and eventually like, no, nah, man, you're just like some big fat wind bag. And he said, just you're, like, a, you're a big bag of wind. That's it. It's like, what is that insult? It's not a good one. And then as soon as he does that, all of a sudden he has wind power. like, okay, this is kludgy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just going around just like stealing food and like robbing banks and terrorizing people. I, I do people. love
1: the news reporter following them. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have our new big villain in, in Dakota City uh, where he, where is it? Uh, He's attacked two chicken char kings, a fudge store, and the First National
0: Bank. Oh, but you didn't pick up the name of the fudge store. It was Booker T. Fudge, presumably named after Booker T. Washington. That's so good. Is that
1: kind of insulting?
0: Uh, Maybe a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe that but I just thought that was ridiculous. But yeah, they're they're chasing him around. He also has like the most over the top garish costume.
1: Yeah, and that that static does is that was my my joke of the yeah. episode. Wait, what wait, was what that? was it? Uh what do you think you're doing besides cornering the market on spandex?
0: Oh, okay. Um my it like my pop culture reference of the episode was uh when Slipstream is getting ready to like wind up some like crazy wind power. It's like, "All right, get ready for a trip to Oz." It's like, "Oh man." That's good capitalizing on that warner brothers ip absolutely like he's he's a dumb villain but they also play him kind
1: of silly yeah he's not meant to be a serious threat in any way he's there he's never <coughs> excuse me he's never doing something at the expense of like another person yeah he's just like nah, i'm hungry he's just, just want to get some food he's just like
0: selfish and a nuisance yeah and what i like too is that by him being kind of just like goofy and ineffective and but they play that element means that it's even more insulting that both virgil and richie are failing going up against him Mm -hmm. because like they should be able to take him on so easily because he's such a joke so
1: much collateral damage
0: richie rams a tram into the superstructure of a water slide and collapses the whole thing
1: i will say as someone that visits disney as frequently as i do uh, trams max out at 15 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't think they have enough force to knock out a full support beam like that. Absolutely not. No, you, yeah.
0: you cannot generate How dare they enough mess kinetic up the energy physics yeah.
1: <laughs> in this cartoon. The only time
0: they've ever done it. The only time. The only time. Um, yeah, I mean, it... So I'm kind of curious. Like, from your perspective, like, what do you think... Like, where was Richard coming from? Like, what, what do you think was making him so upset? Uh,
1: I think... You know, one splitting the time between him and Daisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think for the cartoon character, I don't think that was like like the main threat for him, but that was kinda of like the subconscious yeah. threat for him. Uh but also like he he wants to live as close to a superhero life as he can. Yeah. So he's constantly making these new inventions, constantly being like, Hey, let's try out something. Let's do something new. Yeah, let's, let's do
0: training. Let's, let's let's go practice at HQ.
1: Yeah. He he wants
0: to be that hero. Because he he's trying to kind of live the life, but he doesn't really have the cost of it, which Virgil yeah. does, which is, like, he actually, one, has to be the one on the front lines. But, two, like, he has to be the one actually out on patrol all the time. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, that's a pretty common thing we see with superhero stories. Like, when you become the superhero, you you start to kind of yearn for the normal things mm-hmm. that everyone else gets to take for granted. Yeah.
1: But then at the same time, Virgil, no, not Virgil, Richie knows the responsibility they have. Yeah. And so he's like, Hey, we can't like, you gave up that life because we now kind of work for the city. Yeah. It's so, like, we have to always be at our top in case something comes that we can't
0: handle. Mm-hmm. So, because I, because I agree with all of that. And I think like, again, you see that happen in real life. Like you said, it happened with your, your friend in middle school. And like, mm-hmm. everyone has like just strife that happens between friends. And it's usually just over like a lot of small little things, but also you spent any amount of, Time, a substantial time with another person, like conflict's gonna arise, and with family, like usually that just gets aired out. Or you know, if you're super waspy, like some of us, we just don't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah, and we never. So of bottle water. of wine's for we it. never address it. Exactly. <laughs> that's why we drink. Exactly. Although no one in my family really drinks.
1: What's what's the the Mulaney joke? It's like I handle it the Irish way. I just drink and then I die. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a that. Yeah. But you know, with with friendships, it's hard it's kind of hard to address that sort of conflict sometimes, you know, like it's a romantic relationship. You're invested in um, kind of making it work. So like conflict is a natural state of it, but like, you know, conflict between friends is often can be tough. So I like that they addressed it. And you know, it, we've talked a little bit about that in the the comics, Richie's gay. And in the cartoon, I think the the writers have kind of said that that's how they envision the character, but there's not a lot of it there, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I could kind of read maybe, a little bit of subtext there about, you know, if you're, if you're a teenager, you're gay, you're in the closet, like sometimes if you have like a, a, a straight male friend who then all of a sudden starts like having interest in a girl, like that, that can create some friction maybe sometimes a little bit. It's like you may unknowingly kind of subconsciously invest yourself in another person in a way that long-term isn't healthy. And so when they start to have outside interests, so that just exacerbates an existing problem. Yeah. So I mean, it never happened The to isolation me. issue. Yeah. yeah, never happened to me. Never. No, I can no. tell you this is totally no, from this, my yeah, research. Yeah, I, I read about it on a tweet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I read about it on Tumblr.
0: <laughs> Tumblr's dead.
1: It's still up. Is it? Yeah. I thought it died. No. it's They're trying to kill it. Oh,
0: okay. No. Long live Tumblr, I guess? I don't
1: Long know. live Tumblr. I don't
0: know. Uh, what else do we want to talk about with this episode? Um... Can we talk about the fact that Slipstream goes by the name Heavy C until he becomes Slipstream? That's a great name. (laughs) I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah. He could have been Heavy Flow. Mm, That's not. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Like, was it part of the joke to make him so big and then also have, like, wind powers? I think so. Well, yeah, because there's even that moment where... You know,
1: Static and Richard fighting at the water park, uh, and Static looks over. He's like, "Where'd the guy go?" He's like, "A guy like, like that shouldn't be able to move that fast." Yeah. Um, and yeah, then we learn he can fly. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's part of the joke is <clears throat> you have the the lightest villain be the heaviest villain. Heaviest guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. know. he's fine. I think he's like
0: a great villain of the week. He is. Well, I, like I he's don't... fun. I don't know if he's a great villain of the week. I think he's a great villain to bring in to make the rest of the story work. Mm-hmm. Like he's not something I ever need to like see reappear. Yeah, exactly. Or if he does, like I would want to just be like in the background. It's kind of like a joke thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's part of like the the cold open or something like that of the episode.
1: Yeah, and and I I think what's interesting is is bringing back up the point you had at the beginning of the the episode conversation is having. The character, like the main character, the main storyline, be Richie and Virgil. Where if you compare that to BTOS and the stuff we would constantly say about why those episodes are so good, Mm -hmm. is the villain story always came first. Yeah. And it never had to deal with Batman. Right. And then the story came from Batman injecting himself and how that has to change.
0: Yeah. You kind of feel like maybe with BTOS, they would start around a really good villain story and then they would maybe layer in like a small B or maybe even like C plot around like a thematic thing having to do with Batman or Robert or something like that. Yeah. But the, the thrust of it was really the, the villain. I think you're, I really feel like here they do the opposite. I really feel like they're like, Hey, like what are things that teenagers actually go through? Like where's real conflict that comes about? Mm -hmm. Um, Like what are real human stories? They write that. And then like, okay, well what can we, how can we throw in a villain to make it um, all come together? I mean, that's, the better way to do it when you start with a really solid concept and theme and something really relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, cause if you think about like the, like the production quality on this, like isn't spectacular, like a lot of it's still like really rudimentary in terms of it's like, uh, it's animation aesthetics and <laughs> even some of the designs are like not great, but every episode we've watched, I've still like been like, this is, this is good. Like it's actually telling like a really good, story enough so that i don't necessarily care about some of the other minor things that are fantastic on it mm-hmm. i don't really like it yeah it's a great
1: episode it's a great show yeah. so i've been so excited for three years to talk about I, it
0: look i get it like i i had only seen a lot of this once when it originally came out and i never revisited it yeah and it's, it's, it's,
1: it's yeah good. we still have i mean the episodes i remember are only the good episodes but i you know we still, we still have a lot to look forward to oh, yeah, we our know. four seasons four seasons of it
0: um I actually don't have much else to say about oh, this. Oh, the
1: new new invention. He has the Zap Caps with him, which are basically electric grenades.
0: Yeah. I thought that was weird because he... I don't think he ever uses them again. Well, even the way he Richie pitches them, like, they, I thought he said that, like, they were energy capture devices. So I guess that means, like, they capture Static's energy. Yeah. Yeah, so Static supercharges them. Okay, and then they explode. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought maybe they were going to be... Um, like energy absorbing grenades, oh, like yeah. you would throw it at someone and it would absorb, like a pokeball, kind of. Sure, I, don't I guess I don't know something like that. But that's I guess they had to write that line in there so I'll explain why later that Static was able to draw energy out of them mm-hmm. to then get back into the fight. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty good episode. No, I, I really liked it. Um, it went anywhere else. I think. I yeah, I think that's all that I have I for for that one. Thank you. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, bent out of shape. Yeah. I forgot about this episode. Actually, I thought you didn't cause you made a comment about the, the arc of rubber band man. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember that he dated Shannon, Sharon, Sharon. Sorry. I remember he dated Sharon. I forgot that he was, uh, this rapper though. Cause he, cause once after this, so at the end of this episode, he goes to jail. He's out in a couple months cause he's a good person again. Yeah. Um, And then he he goes by a different name after that, different name and different look. Oh, okay. That
0: that stays pretty consistent for the
1: rest of the series.
0: Yeah, because here he's disguised essentially as this rapper Stinger, Mm -hmm. Stringer, rapper Stringer. He's
1: he's (laughs) He's,
0: he's forgive me, pianist. Forgive me, you're right. Like they, the (laughs) the persona they build around him is is this hardcore rapper. You're right. He is a because that's what he wanted to do originally, right? In well, I mean, it was his beat that they stole, so oh, I yes, guess that he, makes he, sense. He's, he's just a musician. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, but yeah. They, they built him up to be like a Tupac impersonator.
0: It is. it is That they definitely do. Yeah. And it is interesting that he would be so popular, given that he plays really shitty synth <laughs> piano music. Yeah. Like, remember, this is early 2000s. Yeah. But even then. Even like, then. I wasn't jamming out to, you know, Weird Al's accordion. No. I mean, I was. Yeah. But, but even like music of that era was, it's known for being like boppy and fun. And this is just like screeching. Yeah.
1: Kind of? It's, I feel like it's the same team from, you know, you know what these are? These are the leftover sound bites from Batman Beyond. You're right. They're just like, you're absolutely right. Kids will like, whatever, it'll be fine.
0: As I was listening to it, I was like, oh, God damn it. Like my neighbor is like trying to drive down the street with their squeaky brakes like, oh no, that's the music coming <laughs> out of the show i I also think it's it's funny because if you think about the core
1: audience watching the show, it's mostly, you know, thirteen and under, and then maybe the parents of those kids mm-hmm. and so i I think that has something to say of like, this is the teen music. Yeah. like neither neither of these demographics understand what teenagers are listening to, right? And so it's just this weird, like, Electric it's, spectacle.
0: It's definitely the sort of music that were a parent to watch this, it would just further galvanize their perspective that whatever the kids like is shit. Yeah. It's like kids don't even like this. No kids are listening to this. Yeah. Uh it's <laughs> real bad music. Uh so at the beginning they go
1: to this concert, uh, and the you know, stage hand goes up to Stinger is like, Hey, uh the stage isn't big enough for the fireworks, we can't use them. He's like, No, I gotta put a show on for my fans. They use the fireworks. And it sets the whole place ablaze. Yeah. Uh, and
0: then Static saves everyone by tearing open a load-bearing wall. Yeah. <laughs> during a fire. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he thought it through. Yeah. But, you know, it's... I think what makes this episode interesting is the dynamic between Sharon and Rubber Bandman. Mm-hmm. Like... Because we really haven't spent a lot of time with Sharon at all. She just kind of... this. Like, yeah, this, bat- is,
1: this is our first
0: main episode with her. Yeah, otherwise she's just kind of in the background and, you know, it's mostly done from Virgil's POV. So she's just kind of like, you know, the bossy, annoying older yeah. sister. And then every now and then we get Pops coming in. Yeah. but I, Mr. I, I, Hawkins. I really liked that dynamic of, you know, she really does like this guy, but you can tell that she also... Feels morally strained, like she's being told by the rest of her family, by both her dad. Like especially, I think especially coming from the dad, it's hard for her because like Virgil's Virgil, whatever, he's always going to be like a annoying younger brother. Yeah, but coming from you know Mr. Hawkins, who is this not only this very respected figure in general, but like obviously his kids have a lot of respect for him too. Mm-hmm. So for him to,
1: and be, also him, I think it was important showing that he like the community center shot. Yeah, like his his job is to see the good in people. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, you know, bias coming in immediately. Like, no, he
0: can't be a good guy. But even then he's, and I actually I guess I'm, I'm correcting our us kind of immediately. Now that I think back on it, it's like he's not actually that opposed to him as a bad guy. Like Virgil sees it very black and white. I'm like, oh, he's a bad person. You got to avoid him. But the dad is actually much more, as long as he does his time and he, you know, makes amends for what he's done, he can come back into society and like live a normal life. Yeah. But he's also not happy about it. Like he's he's upset that all this attention is getting brought onto his daughter. He's got all these newscasters calling. Uh, I did love that moment when he just like yanks the phone off the wall. Like we're just gonna leave this here for now. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean it's it's a good arc for Sharon, like being put in this sort of spot. And obviously Virgil has to learn too to be like be a little bit more open minded about um, Rubberband Man. But like, so does Rubberband Man. Like at the end of mm-hmm. it, he's the one that has to let go of his his beef with Static. Yeah, and he. And I, like I mean, he moment. is always kind of. The quick to anger character. And so like, yeah, yeah, it
1: all it all makes sense for every character.
0: Well and for Sharon to calm out on that too. It's like keeping your cool is like isn't one of your strong suits. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out how to do this. Like this the only way forward is to like keep your calm and, and try and find a positive resolution here. Yeah. What did you think about uh Puff and Onyx? There? I love Puff and Onyx. Do they come back? They do. Okay. Uh, they were kind of odd to me. Like, They're very odd. They again they, they fit the role they needed, which is like they had to bring in other Bang, baby antagonists, so that you could shift rubber man man into that kind of more neutral gray space heading towards being a good mm-hmm.
1: guy. Well, the, what I love about them is they they bring it up kind of in their opening line of like, oh, you know, we both dropped out of high school because now we're freaks, yeah, Uh, but we're not heroes and we're not villains. So we're just kind of like these two wandering, kind of useless people, yeah, that we don't they you know they don't have a place yet.
0: Yeah, they don't have a place to go. They don't have a home. They don't have food. They have nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I,
1: that's important to see. Like, those kinds of people still exist in the city. Yeah. It's not black and white heroes and villains. Like, they're they're trying to technically do the right thing. Of, like, they, they become bounty hunters. Bang baby bounty hunters. Yeah.
0: And I, I like that even for minor villains to bring in, they make the effort to give them something resembling like a sympathetic background. Yeah. It is important to do that, that all villains do become that way for a reason to some mm-hmm. degree. Well, not yeah. All and all
1: villains, villains but... think they're in the right.
0: Yeah. That's what makes them compelling. Yeah. Except for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> right. He's just bad. He's just flat out bad. <laughs> uh
1: What else do we have about them? Uh Yeah. So Puff... Yeah, I, uh, we see her in the intro. Is she in this intro? I always forget. I don't think so. Okay, then we see her in the next intro.
0: Oh, the, when they do the the re...
1: Yeah, so every season, they they switch out the villains you see in the oh, intro. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, because this intro, it's um, Hot Streak. It's the, the kid with the imagination powers. Who I've already mm-hmm. forgotten his name. He's rubber band man, and it's... Um... Ebon. Ebon, thank you. Yeah, so
1: Ebon is always consistent. Yeah. Um, there's one where uh, Bird Girl, I already forgot her name. Talon. Talon comes in. That's the last one because that's where gear is in. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, the second one is when it's uh, the stomping guy who we're going to see soon. Oh, I, love I him. remember the stomping yeah, guy. Yeah. The, the Jamaican rapper. Yeah. Uh, see, so yeah, there's one with him and then it's um Puff. It's the two of them. And then, yeah, the third one, I don't remember who the first villain is, but it's first villain, and then it's Talon, and then she's taken out by uh, Gear, and then it's someone else, and then it ends with Ebon. Nice. Yeah, we'll get to it.
0: It's season three when they did the redesign?
1: That's when Gear comes in, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I always liked that redesign look. It just felt a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think what else I really had. I didn't really have a lot of notes in this one. I really just kind of like sat back and watched it and just... Enjoyed it. I think, I think the first episode we talked about. I think Winds of Change. I'm more invested in that story a little bit. I think that's a more compelling story about like the strife between friends. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited for this episode just because like
1: I know the Rubber Band Man arc. Yeah. And so like I'm a, I'm always so invested in him because yeah. I know he's going to come back.
0: I mean, it's it's a good version of that arc. We've seen that. I'm trying to think of who we've seen like become redemptive in that way. I mean. The stalker kind of made a transition over the course of Batman Beyond a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there was still like some um antagonistic <clears throat> like friction there towards the end. I mean Harley made an attempt but didn't really see I mean it you can do the opposite one and say Terra
1: in Teen Titans. Yeah, that's true. That starts off nothing kind of becomes this outside character, becomes part of the team, villain, worst villain. Small Redemption, and yeah. Cameron cries. And Cameron
0: cries. Every time. Every time. Tara, oh, Tara, you're too good for us. I do think we go watch that stuff again. Yeah, man. Season two was so good. Yeah. It's a good show. Mm. Um I'm trying to think what else I want to talk about with this episode. I don't know. I mean, it was good. Yeah, I don't know. It was good to spend some time with Sharon. Um, I like that they're giving Rogue Band Man like, a bit of an arc. Mm-hmm. Giving him his humanity.
1: Yeah, th- this is kind of like it has a story, but I feel like this is more of a setup episode for the rest of the series. Yeah. So there's not a lot to talk about yet, but you know, everyone comes back that we see. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, shall we keep on moving here? Let's do it. All right. Do we have any notes from friends? Yeah. So, I mean, we very kindly people have been sending us in uh, a few questions actually, and I'm going to kind of break it out and do like one at a time. Okay. One at a time so we can actually spend a little time with them. But, uh, so we we talked a little bit about um on Sons of the Father, like that kind of comment the made at the very end about how like they're they're going to the Comic-Con with Richie's prejudiced dad mm-hmm. and how there's be men in makeup too. And we we just kinda made an off comment about that, being like maybe they're acknowledging that he's like a little bit homophobic. And then of course, like Maddie picked up on that. And so he wrote in and he says he says, I have a note from friends, uh-huh. exclamation point. He said, uh, you guys picked up on something in this episode that I hadn't ever really thought of, re. Mr. Foley potentially being a homophobe. After you guys mentioned that, it kind of struck me that perhaps Mr. Hawkins' line about how he would never truly know his son due to his narrow-mindedness may have been a hint towards Rikki's sexuality. Uh, there's honestly probably a lot to unpack there, and following your brief coming out story on this pod, I'd love to hear your thoughts and Cam's thoughts on it as well. So, no, what do you think? Do you think that might have been like a... Or, or Do you think we're maybe... Digging a message out that wasn't intended to be there, or do you think that may have been like a hint? A I, I think
1: we're we're digging a message out that wasn't supposed to be there, but it is still a good message. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I have to see gay things everywhere. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah, it it comes with. So, like, for people who don't know, when you move into West Hollywood, they hand you a pamphlet. They do, and it's everything you can read into. Yeah. Uh, on on
0: how gay Hollywood is through and through. But the the thing that still confuses me is they don't tell me what I should read into about the rainbow sidewalk crossing. Like, what is this
1: supposed to be? I I don't don't understand. Yeah. It's very pretty though. (laughs) It's so subtle. I don't know what it is. Casual bars right there. Name Uh, them. Oh, um, uh, what's the one I'm always talking about? Uh, the, yeah, the, hold on, hold on. I'm a better friend than this. I am. Hold on, it's um. I I can't get Davy Wayne's out of my head, and I know it's not Davy Wayne. Not Davy Wayne's. It's blazing, blazing saddles.
0: Close. A lot of people That's call it movie. that. That's the movie. Yeah. What's the word? What's another word for blazing? Flaming saddles. There we go. It's flaming saddles. She gets it. Can I'm you, a better friend. Can you name another bar down there? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, revolver. Hey, well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's my least favorite one. It's revolver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I knew like that. it. Yeah, see, you're a good friend, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was tempted to pull you and list all of the gay bars in West Hollywood, (laughs) but... no. The next Sparkle Quiz. The next Sporkle Quiz we do. Oh, that would be a fun one, actually. Mm -hmm. Make you do that. Um, No, but I mean, I think the way to look at that is that idea about not knowing a person, but let's let's be a little more narrow, but the idea of not knowing your kid because of narrow-mindedness, that is absolutely universal message, right? And... I think what is meaningful to take away there is that I think that's something that every, like, parent-child has to go through eventually. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I've, I've like, addressed it like little pieces here and there. But, like, for me, the challenge with coming out was, like, my, my – also, I now understand where my parents are coming from because it wasn't great initially. But their whole thing was is they saw me as one kind of person and – by my coming out and made them realize, Oh, I'm not who they thought I was. And that's really what the the conflict was for them is they had this idea of like what my future looked like. And unsurprisingly, it very much mirrored their own. And so this sort of threw a wrench in that, but I now look back on that and realize, well, actually that was a gift in a weird way because every parent will have to have that realization with their kid at some point. I just forced it to happen from a very specific place. And I, I think that's a universal thing of like, we all kind of have, um, you know, kind of singular perspectives on people and imagine neither of us are, are parents. Um, but I imagine you definitely have that. Like you see your kid in a certain light and eventually you're gonna have to be challenged by that notion and a certain idea. And I mean that, that's a, that's really what that ultimately gets down to. And so that episode was, you know, from a perspective of, you know, bigotry, um, and prejudice. And we're now looking at it some of the slight angle of like homophobia and an offshoot of the same sort of themes. But it's it's a universal thing at a certain point. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and again it speaks of why the show is so good. So exactly.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your note from friend.
0: Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Uh, and then shall we move along to uh some plugs here? Let's do it. Okay. Um we let's just do knives out. Just do knives out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's um yeah, let's do some some bat plugs here. So given that we've run a little long, we'll maybe make this kind of short. Uh, but we have both seen knives out. We have. At this point. So well, we both
1: enjoyed it. For the most part.
0: Yeah. So I I think brief section, no spoilers, then maybe getting some spoilers here. Yeah. uh, Cast is great. Yes. Love everyone. Amazing cast. Um, You know, it's, it's got a fun energy to it. This is of course uh, a Ryan Johnson movie. Mm -hmm. He he knows how to like kind of bring some fun effervescence to most of his works. Yeah. I just rewatched the last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean it's it's a lot of fun. I I love murder mysteries. Like I
1: love Me too. I after because I saw it with my friend up in San Fran. Uh and immediately when we left, went back to her apartment. I'm like, we just need to watch every Who Done It
0: film yeah. right now. I, like I love a Who Done It Caper. I mean, I've talked about it before numerous times. Clue is my second favorite movie, and it's only by the thinnest margin behind Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, Cameron, you're not familiar with Clue at all. You don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's the but... board game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, the, and I'm actually reading a book right now that I will plug once I finish reading it. But it's also like a locked room murder mystery. But like nice. I love Agatha Christie. So like, and then there were none. Um, once also referred to as, uh, Ten Little Indians, and once previously referred to by an even more socially inappropriate name, which I won't repeat. I mean, that's the classic example, right? Of just like, someone's dead. It has to be this group of people. Who done it? I. Fucking love a who done it. And so going in, I was hoping I would love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think you too were kind of hope. Like, yeah. Expectations I mean any very Chris high. Evans film, I always have That's such true. high expectations. Oh, I mean, not only it's a Chris Evans film, it's a Daniel Craig film. Yeah. It's a Tony Collette film who I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Christopher Plummer. The, uh, um I Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I have god. a lot I to say about Jamie Lee Lee Curtis. I mean, yeah, She's I mean, so
1: good in this. It,
0: and I was really hoping to love it. I came out of it going, I really liked that movie. Like, for me, it was a high three-star film. I was kind of hoping it would be a four, but it mm-hmm. wasn't
1: for me. There was one thing at the end that I think would have put it over the top for me.
0: Okay. Do you, should we just go ahead and do you want to go into, like, spoiler stuff? It's a hard movie to discuss, that, like, giving up some yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, it's
1: a murder mystery. It's it's everyone is up for debate. Everyone thinks it's everyone
0: else. Yeah. Um, but it, it's got spark. It's got energy, and it's it's clever. Yeah. Uh, Highly recommend, definitely worth a watch. I didn't love it, but I would still highly recommend people go see it. Mm-hmm. Plus, also it's nice to support an original property, and it's doing yeah. well. Like, it, good. It's is, is nice to see. Like, um, you know, I think it. Again, I didn't love the Last Jedi. Like, I, I just rewatched it, and it really doesn't hold up very well for me. But I like Ryan Johnson's filmmaker, and if him making that movie and it only being okay, if the best thing that comes out of it is that he is maybe able to get original stuff made on a bigger level, I'm totally here for it. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, yeah, my, my
1: small spoiler, I guess big spoiler is I think they left it open for, it could have been, it could, should have been Jamie Lee Curtis. How so? So the, the one loophole or plot hole that I found left in this is when they were talking about, who could possibly get up to the room and back? Yeah. One of the points was, uh, when someone goes up and down the stairs, Jamie Lee Curtis wakes up, she woke up three times. Yeah. But no one else knows who went up and down the stairs. So what's stopping her from going up a fourth time?
0: I see what you mean. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Cause
1: then like they have the whole reveal and then it cuts to her at the very end. And I thought that's what it was going to be was like, she was going to hide something that was the last piece of evidence to prove it was her.
0: Mm. I don't think it would
1: have worked out fully. I yeah. think we would have need, needed some drastic changes to the story. Yeah. But that was one thing that I, I was so fixated on. Interesting. Of like, yeah, what's telling us that she couldn't have gone up a fourth time?
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. that's I, Point of order, I would call that more of a an unresolved red herring than a mm-hmm. plot hole, per Okay. Se.
1: Well, yeah, if they would have just focused on that in some way. Because, yeah. like, they're. My, my complaint for the movie is they kind of cut out a lot of possibilities super early on. Yeah. Uh, and I wish, because they all had a motive, but none of them had, like, a. What's the word? Like, a, an accessibility. Sure. A means
0: to kind of get there.
1: Uh, isn't means a motive? Are they the same thing? They all wanted
0: him dead. Yeah, I feel like I feel like means but is had... more like the the avenue by which you commit the crime. Okay, then yes, they didn't have a means. Yeah. Yeah, because well, what's interesting is, I mean this it's Ryan Johnson, so I was expecting a, a twist in the whole thing. So I was kind of waiting for some big twist reveal. And it turns out that like the twist on it isn't so much the story itself cuz it's actually kind of a by the numbers murder mystery. Mm-hmm. What he twisted on was the structure of it. So we actually learn on pr- learned pretty early on that the murder, that the, the thing that's trying to be hidden was the fact that his nurse, um, uh, accidentally injected him. Yeah, with Morphine. Exactly. And oh my, how am I blanking on that actress's name? Cause she's one of the bond girls too. And she's great. it will come to me. Um, but yeah, so she accidentally swapped his drugs and gave him a, an overdose of morphine. And so then the movie's, actually really about her mm-hmm. trying to prevent the detective played yeah, by trying to get caught trying not yeah, to get caught yeah trying to keep um benoit blanc fantastically played by <laughs> daniel craig from discovering the truth mm-hmm. so that's what and so i but then it's like oh well then where's he gonna go with it and so then it starts to like fall into place of, like oh but there is still someone else who seems to know something That someone's trying to like out her and then the ultimate reveal of course is well we've already gotten the spoilers yeah, like chris, it's, evans. chris evans did it which kind of makes sense because it's a, he's a huge name. He's probably like the second biggest name in the entire cast. Mm-hmm. And he's not in it. For Who do you think is the it. bigger name? I uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I was actually Daniel Craig. But
1: I, well, oh, yeah. I think they're they're pretty on par now. Yeah, I would say probably. I'd say like I think the three of them are all pretty equal at this point. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't
1: You think Jamie Lee Curtis is still ahead or do you think someone I think she's a little bit behind actually. Okay.
0: If only because I mean I I I guess I would consider her A-list, right? Yeah, I consider her A-list for sure. I guess my hesitation on calling her A-list is I don't think she opens films. Okay. I feel like an A-list actor is someone who, whether they are successful at doing it or not, is deemed to be able to open a movie. Well, didn't she open Halloween alone?
1: last year? And that did pretty successfully. I, but I would I the
0: Halloween name? I, I think her coming back to Halloween helped okay. that be successful. But I mean... Yeah. Like, movies get greenlit because a Daniel Craig is attached, because a Chris Evans is attached. I would say that it probably gets greenlit because Jamie Lee Curtis is attached, too, but I don't know if she could open it on her own. Got it. Um, That being said, I adore her. Me, too. I absolutely love her, and she's great in this. But, yeah, the reveal is that Chris Evans did it, and and this is the one part for me that was a little bit kind of meh, is that he swapped the medicine on his own, so then when the nurse gave him the accidental overdose, she... This is a little bit weird. So it's like the the liquids were swapped and she, so she, if she had done things the right way would have killed him, Mm -hmm. but she accidentally did it the wrong way anyways. So it was like a double negative. So he didn't end up getting poisoned. Right. But she only did it the wrong. She only did it the right way by giving the right liquid. Because, like, she was such a good nurse that she, like, picked up, like, the minor changes, like, the viscosity of the two liquids. Yeah,
1: the weight was different. That, to but me, was, like, a little bit... I, I, I can see that. I understand the difference between the weight of a single stuff and a double stuffed oreo. <laughs> Fair. Best
0: answer possible. Yeah. yeah. I don't see any difference between those two scenarios. I, I mean, I guess that was... They did that so that she was completely off the hook. Yeah. Um. And to show that, like, she's a good person. And she's a good nurse and a good person, yeah. But, like, that to me was a little bit odd. But I I, I like that it still had some, like, twists and turns to deliver. But I was also expecting something big because I was listening to, uh, you can check off your your bingo box now, the Empire Podcast. Great. And check. Yep, there we go. Uh, Yeah, I already have for you uh, Pokemon. Yep. uh, Disney Parks. Got it. (laughs) Yep. You participate in a conversation about who's the most handsome. Got it. Yes. Check, check, check. (laughs) But um, one more and it's a free Sunday.
1: Oh, I'm so close.
0: They uh, on that podcast they were talking about Joker, and they were debating about whether the whole movie was inside his head or not, mm-hmm. right? Which is one read on that thing. And one of the the, the hosts made a comment and was like, "Oh yeah, but that's not this kind of movie. It's not Knives Out." And the movie hadn't come out yet. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Like, did you? And like, I was I was trying to give them benefit of the doubt that they would have cut that out if it was actually a spoiler for Knives Out. But I'm like, wait, fuck! Did you guys accidentally just? Spoil Knives Out, like, is the whole reveal that – I was waiting for it to be some crazy thing, like, because he's a mystery writer, the guy who dies. Like, oh, is it going to be a story about him writing his next murder mystery? Or, the,
1: I was thinking that, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, or, like, is it a thing where it's maybe even the detective, where it's, like, inside his head, and he's imagining all these things. Like, I was waiting for some, like, really big, crazy meta reveal. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they didn't go down that path because it might have been a bit too obvious. But then also my expectations for something big, and tw- like some big twist, was high, and so that it felt it didn't quite hit it. Mm-hmm. Which I guess I, good, good the thing, the but. twist
1: uh, there was one line that kind of cut my idea twist out, mm-hmm. um, and it's when they're at uh, at the diner, and Chris is like, "Oh yeah, I knew you had this throw up problem since the game night." Oh if yeah. That line wasn't there. I thought that was the red herring. I thought she knew what was going on the whole time and was tricking people into thinking that she had to tell the truth because she, because she would always throw up if yeah. she lied. And the whole time she was lying about everything mm-hmm. and forcing herself to throw up to cover her tracks.
0: I love that mechanic in the story. Yeah. Because it's, it's so weird and off kilter, so but so be- funny. But believable. Like, it's just heightened enough that it only kind of works in a movie, but it still works. mm mm-hmm. I really like that idea that, yeah, that if she can't lie because it makes her throw up. Yeah. And that it has a payoff in the, the finale, too, I thought was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had, I do have a question for you. And this is a question from my friend Cody, you've met. Yes. And he asked me about specifically the scene where it's the flashback to the family having the argument about politics. Mm-hmm. And he said that what upset him about that was not that they were having a conversation about politics, because I think it's fair that you and I and him, and probably most people listening to this, are on the, sort the, of the left side of these sort of debates, but they're having a, a conversation about, like, Tony Collette's character makes a comment, like, oh, they're putting kids in cages, and um, uh, Don Johnson's character is kind of that, like, coming to conservatism from, like, an ignorant perspective sort of thing. Yeah. And he said that the one thing that bothered him about it was that that conversation really, not only grounded it in our world, but in our time specifically, and that it took him... Like out of the story a little bit because it planted it so firmly in a version of reality that's so close to our own. I was curious mm-hmm. if you had a similar experience with that scene. Uh,
1: no, I, I was pretty in the movie the whole time. I was I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is something to say about how cartoonish our reality is. There's that, that yeah, yeah. That it's hard. I mean, it, it's the point that we make in in the most recent. Uh, was it in Young Justice or was it in the most recent DC animated film? Where they had to rewrite Lex Luthor to be more like Trump, because he, Lex Luthor wasn't evil enough. In oh, the it film. was. It
0: was. Um, I, th- I think Young Justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That he he was sometimes like, they had spot- to him to a Trumpian level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes was like spot on Trumpian, but yeah, yeah it, a lot of times he fell short. Mm-hmm. Of the of the particular brand of megalomania that we yeah. have to deal with on that a daily we have basis.
1: The most probably the most famous villain, maybe besides Joker. Yeah. having to heighten himself.
0: It's not quite there. Yeah um okay yeah so it didn't it didn't really quite no i, I was fine with it okay yeah it, it for me it i had a little bit of that moment i was like it put it very firmly in like our current time and place which otherwise this film would have had this sort of like kind of timeless quality to it um but no i overall i quite enjoyed it i recommend same go see it, people all right shall we let's wrap it up all right i know somehow we came in on time despite having a 45 <laughs> minute long conversation about news um, but uh, we always appreciate you guys listening Thank you so much We would really appreciate it if you would uh, Write us a nice review on iTunes Yes it's, uh, it's very helpful for getting some sort of metrics thing up I don't know how it all works But it's supposed to be a, a, an important thing Yeah So we'd appreciate it um, And also appreciate uh, we getting questions from folks Like we did yes. from Yes, please um, continue sending them in Yeah, from Maddie and from Benjamin So please do so But if you want to reach us We are at Tim Talk Bot on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail
1: Yes uh, you can find me if you want to see my archived art page. You can find that at cameron.dexter. Yeah, that's <laughs> to the stop one. something think about it for a sec. Uh, and if you want to see my face and everything attached to it, you can find that at Dexter, Adventures.
0: Boom, boom, boom. And you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram, where you can occasionally see uh, me forwarding stories that other people have taken onto my own because I don't take any of mine. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we, okay, I have a final question for you. Did you have a moment going into this where you're like, we're worried you were gonna forget how to do some things? Like I was worried I was gonna forget how to do the outro because it had no, been so long. No, we. I mean, it's so inane <laughs> at this point. It's so just set in our well, system. Well, I would think that after like 160 some odd total episodes, that it would be sort of automatic. Yeah. But you know me, I love to get my own head and get tripped up. I was yeah. convinced I was gonna fuck up the outro somehow. Hmm. I get it. Oh, I, it didn't I get happen. It. All yeah. right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Superheroes, stayed
0: exact. Oh, we forgot. That. No, I did it. I did it. You forgot.
1: <laughs> I still fucked up the outro.